Hello, med students. My name is Zach Olson, and thank you for downloading this episode of the EM Clerkship Podcast. Today is part two of our two-part series on lacerations. Last week, we discussed how important it is that you really need to master these basic procedures because you may only get a few chances to perform them during your clerkship. Specifically, we discussed your initial evaluation when a patient comes in with a laceration. Just to review where we are so far, remember, we've done a history with a focus on chronic illnesses, the age of the wound, mechanism, location, and contamination. If the wound was dirty, which is the majority of the time in the emergency department, then we gave a tetanus shot if it had been more than five years. Also, if the wound had tetanus in it and they likely had never had a tetanus shot before, maybe they're from a foreign country, that is when we give the tetanus immune globulin, although that's very rare. We took a ruler, we measured and described the wound to the attending, as well as performed a quick neurovascular exam. And then last, we got an x-ray or an ultrasound to look for foreign bodies if necessary. So you put all of that in your presentation and your attending is super impressed and they're gonna let you repair this laceration. So let's walk through this because it can be intimidating, all of those suture types and needles and tying techniques, but I promise this isn't actually that complicated. Don't overcomplicate things. Step one, pain control. Pain control first. You get a syringe with a small needle. I don't care what size of a needle and you grab some lidocaine. If your attendings want to teach you nerve blocks and things like that, that's awesome. But you aren't expected to know that yet as a student. We aren't covering that today. What you do need to know how to do is provide basic, simple, local anesthesia. You don't inject through the skin, through the epidermis. You actually inject through the damaged wound edges themselves. It's the least painful way to do it. You inject a bunch of lidocaine, no specific number. You just make sure that they're nice and numb. Very straightforward. Step two. This is not a sterile procedure. You don't need sterile gloves. You aren't required to wash out the wound with sterile saline. You don't need to rub chlorhexidine or betadine in the wound. These things do not improve outcomes. And actually in the case of chlorhexidine and betadine, if you get that in the wound, that actually worsens outcomes. If it's typical in your department to do these things, then by all means, just do it so you don't turn heads and have people second guessing you. But those things really don't matter. This is not a sterile procedure. What you do need to do as your second step is irrigate the crap out of the wound. The sink is the best, actually. You can get liters and liters and liters under the faucet and then it all nicely and conveniently goes down the drain. Sometimes you can't do that. The second best option is probably a big syringe and a bunch of towels. Third best, you can poke some holes in a saline bottle, like one of those big one liter saline bottles and squirt with that, but you need to irrigate as much as possible. This improves outcomes. So they're numb, they're irrigated. Step three, we're gonna kind of just deviate here real quick. I want you to consider some alternative closure techniques, specifically glue and staples. 
Glue and staples are both easy and totally appropriate in the right situations. Skin glue, Dermabond, is awesome. This only works on areas without tension though. In non-tension areas, it's perfect. Cosmetic outcomes are actually the same whether you use the glue or the sutures. This is what we do all the time in kids because it hurts less. It's great for faces and arms and skin tears and old people. I always choose to use skin glue as long as it's not over a joint or the patient's back or something like that. Just put on a few layers. Try not to glue anything to the patient like gauze or your hand. Don't get it in their eyes. But Dermabond is awesome. I love staples too. We staple specifically the scalp all the time. We don't really staple much else, but scalps bleed a ton. And so it's easiest just to staple it shut and move on with your life before they bleed out. The stapler has a little arrow on it. So you're going to bring the wound edges together. You put the arrow right in the middle, touch the stapler gently to the skin, squeeze, and that's stapled. Very easy. So those two options are kind of a step three. Step four, if you don't use glue and you don't staple the scalp, you need to choose from that huge assortment of sutures. And you don't need to know them all. That's the good news. There's two big categories, absorbable and non-absorbable. Just pick one to know from each category. Some places like absorbable because patients are bad about coming back. Just like your gut absorbs food, gut is an absorbable suture. This is called fast gut or plain gut. Gut, it works great. Cosmetic outcome is maybe a little bit worse than with non-absorbable sutures, but they don't have to return, which is a huge benefit. There's also something out there called chrome-plated gut or chromic gut that lasts a lot longer before absorbing. So don't use it like on the face, but use it on extremities and areas that take longer to heal. And then your other option is non-absorbable suture. This is proline. I am pro-proline. I personally use proline for everything. It's easy to see because it's bright blue, great cosmetic outcomes, and it's just my personal favorite next to glue. Again, it doesn't absorb, unfortunately, but like I said, I'm pro-proline. You use 4-0 on the four extremities, and you use 5-0 on the face. Keep it simple. And then last step is repair. Gently, nimbly, carefully bring the wound edges together whether you use staples or glue or suture. Just remember, the only reason we're doing this laceration repair is to decrease the scar for the patient. Remember, it actually increases their risk of infection. So we're just trying to decrease that gap that the scar is gonna kinda lay in and fill. So don't get the wrong idea here. You're not trying to seal germs out or seal the blood in. Your only objective here is to minimize that gap. Tight is actually bad. You're not trying to like tie the wound shut. Just gently bring the edges together. The whole theme of this episode, keep it simple. So with your knot, do simple interrupted instrument tie. Nice, even, healthy bites, done. You aren't expected to master horizontal mattress and all these crazy hand tying techniques like during your surgery rotation, we do simple interrupted instrument tie. Keep it simple, master the basics, and you'll be a strong student. That wraps up this episode. Send me an email, zach at emclerkship.com 
with any questions you have. I would really appreciate any feedback you have about the show. And there's actually not going to be an episode next week. I'm presenting an abstract at AAEM. We gave our patients and our ED chocolate pudding to improve their patient satisfaction scores. And so I'm presenting the results of that study. But if you're at AAEM Sunday, be sure to say hi. Otherwise, that wraps it up. Until next time, keep working hard, keep studying, and be sure to enjoy your shift. <laughs>